Hey, thanks for clicking on this podcast. Yes, on this episode, we do have some technical difficulties around minute seven, but then the rest is fine. You'll just hear a slightly abrupt edit cut. But other than that, it's great. So keep listening. Hey, Jackie. Hey, Anna. Do you know what group of people worked 28 hours a week? No, but I bet you know. (laughs) I do. It's 13th century casual laborers. That is very surprising, actually. Yeah, we're going to get it in this episode. Woo! Woo! talking about the nine to five work week yes what is well I guess I ruined the whole like intro that we kind of had planned but um yeah like when you think of of working thinking of like working full-time what that entails like for me I think 40 hours a week right Monday through Friday nine to five same yeah Dolly Parton yeah for sure what a way to make a living Yeah. And like, I, part of what I wanted this episode to be today was just explore that. Like, does it really have to be 40 hours? Like I, in an ideal world, I feel like I wouldn't work at all. How much would you work? And it doesn't have to be on stuff you would pay for, but how much would you work on like your projects? You're an artist. So So much. Yeah. When I did have a period of time where I wasn't like employed by someone else and I was just like, I had like you know, weeks of time to do whatever. Mm-hmm. I made so many things. <laughs> I felt like, but I realized that I really enjoy working in spurts. I work for like maybe 45 minutes on something and then I walk away. Like naturally, I just walk away, I do something else and then I'll come back to it. And I get work done that way too, but that's not a really like desirable um, employee <laughs> within a business. I know, but I think these days, isn't that how people actually work? Cause I, um, you know, at my work, we have this ergonomics guy come in and I was asking him and like, when you do the little course, when you get hired, it's like re- people really shouldn't be doing or sitting in the same position for more than 40 minutes. Like you need to switch positions. That's what they were saying. Like, and to avoid any kind of fatigue or like long-term back pain or leg pain mm-hmm. was to switch positions. So you getting up and like walking around like that's very ergonomic and like it makes sense because I'm really intuitive that way (laughs) (laughs) yeah and now I work jobs that require me to be on site and I am fairly decently active I'm less active than I was when I started the jobs like we've made it easier for me to like do the jobs that I do without having to move around a whole whole lot so what would you prefer if you got, you know, if you were the decision maker for like labor practices, what would you say, like how people should, how many hours of day should people work and how many hours a week should they work? I feel like six hours a day is pretty good for me. I'm, I'm thinking about my personal like preferences, right? When I'm yeah. thinking about this, but I feel like six hours is pretty decent um, because I enjoy working in the morning and then about three o'clock I'm pretty much like scraping the barrel bottom of the barrel if I have to keep going beyond three o'clock like 
I, I feel the same way in, in college. I remember going to one of these like freshman seminar things and people were asking, oh yeah, draw how productive you are during the day. And most people draw drew lines that look like, you know, 45 degree angle lines. So they're going straight up the whole day until they went to sleep. And then I drew like something that slowly went up. And then after lunchtime, it went down until it got dark outside and it'll go up again and then go down because I'm tired and I need to go to sleep. And I was the only person who drew that. And I was like, okay, y'all are all liars. <laughs> Call them out. Call them out. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that's so dumb. You think you get more productive the whole day? Like, you know, eating makes you sleepy. And, like, as it should, because you are you don't need to fight for survival after you're done eating. And, like, there's going to be dips. Or, like, it's too hot during the day. Like, you need to take a break. I also feel like my energy dips at 3 p.m., and then it peaks back up again, like, around 7, you know, or, like, 5. I guess I did work at a year. I was thinking about, like, I actually don't think that the time matters as much to me, mm-hmm. like, the length of time that I'm working as it... I actually don't think that the... I did it again. <laughs> I keep hitting the microphone stand. Um, I actually don't think that the time of work, like, the amount of time that I work affects me quite as much as when those hours happen. For me personally, um, because I am a morning person. And especially if I spend time in nature, like right at the beginning of my day, I have so much energy. I get really excited to go out into the world and do stuff. And so I was working a landscaping job a year ago and I would be at work at like 7.30 or 8 a.m. every day and I would leave at about 3. And I would take maybe a 15 to 30 minute lunch break sometime during that, that time. And I was really, really happy with my days that way. Because I felt like I had so much time when I got home to work on other things that were important to me um, while also making enough to survive. Wait, but you weren't tired from that? Oh, I was exhausted. I'd get home and I'd lay on the ground for like maybe 30 30 minutes to an hour and then I'd go to the pool and I'd read a book and then I'd make some jewelry and then I would, uh, yeah, I would do a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. So you still need to recover. It was like hard labor. Oh, for sure. It was such hard labor. (laughs) Literally backbreaking labor. I was just moving giant rocks in the middle of Texas summer. Yeah. No, that's (laughs) not an ideal work environment. I actually really liked it, but not the, I mean, like there was like a meditative part of it. It was hard work, but like there was a lot of satisfaction in it because I was building um, this little wall for a garden. And then once I finished building it, I, because it was a unique job, it wasn't like a, I wasn't working for like a big company doing landscaping. I was working for one person doing their personal landscaping and they mm-hmm. hired me because I was an artist and they wanted to have like my artistic vision within what they wanted to. And so they let me pick all the plants to put in the little garden bed that I built the wall around for and stuff like that. And then I became like their full-time like gardener, um, which was super fun. Honestly, you just described a lot of what people's days are like um, for like uh, before the Industrial Revolution. So do you want to get into some of that? Okay, so we were talking about the work week. Yes, it didn't have to be that way. And I um, in, during some of my research, I looked into what would be a good optimal work day or work week for people. Um, just as human beings in general not situated in like a certain time period or like under a certain like government rule or whatever and so um, ancient Romans apparently only worked six hours a day oh perfect yeah Yeah. and you're like oh this sucks they didn't have you know vaccines they didn't have any kind of antibacterial medicine Um, so you're like life there sucked 
Do we have any evidence of them having like lanterns or any sort of like light source that they could have? Well, like work at night? Mm, they probably wouldn't work at night, but I'm just like, it just made me curious. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a tangent. Oh no, I actually do know that they had lamps. They kind of like, you know, like uh, in Aladdin, that little lamp that you could put your finger through and it would yeah. have oil. Um, they would make those, and then there were a th- a archaeologists have found a bunch in the sewer because, you know, it would rain, and they would wash in there, so they accidentally got preserved. Whoa. And, uh, yeah. And so they had a bunch of lamps they made, and they had, like, they were um, very masculine-focused and yeah. patriarchal, so they would decorate things with penises. <laughs> It'd be like, <laughs> like penis lamps. <laughs> so they had lamps. Beautiful. More detailed than you would expect. <laughs> Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so um, I don't think they were very usable for, like, say you wanted to sculpt in the late hours of night with your penis lamp. I don't think you could do that. It would provide enough light. Yeah. I the, I was kind of figuring that it wouldn't be that way for them anyway. It was probably just, like, to get around, like, if they had to go to the bathroom in there. Or actually, didn't they have, like, separate sleep schedules? They had, like, the two... Uh, segment sleep schedules or was that a different time period i don't think ancient romans did um i've heard of that in the middle ages people did have um two sleeps at night so you go to bed when the sun went down and mm-hmm. then you wake up around 11 or midnight and like get a snack some people would like have sex or you talk with your bunk mates you just chat and yeah. then go to sleep again a couple hours later so you'd have two sleeps and yeah. like this got wiped out after the invention of the clock because Ugh. then you could start enforcing what time people woke up. Silly. I know. I like, love the two sleeps. I love the idea of just showing up when I show up to places. I honestly, same. And also the two sleeps, I've done that by accident before on the weekend. Like, you know, you work outside all day, you have a couple of beers, you go to bed at like seven or eight, and then you wake up at a weird hour and you're like, I'm not tired. Oh, my goodness. I just can't help but thinking about the stars at that, you know, like, looking, waking up and looking at the stars at that time. I'm sure people did that. And now that we have alarm clocks, we can't, like, you know, because people start enforcing what time you need to get up and, like, there's expectations with technology. So Romans, I don't think, had that. So apparently most Romans would work a six-hour workday, so they would begin at dawn and then end around noon. So they'd work, like, just six hours, you know, just the morning. And then um, they might shop in the early evening when the shops reopened. And then uh, so the afternoon was kind of devoted to leisure. And this is not just like the rich people of Rome. So what kind of work would they do? This is like the day of a casual laborer. So they, uh, this little vignette that I'm reading from that I found, it, this seems to be just like a regular Roman citizen. Yeah, I'm just wondering what kind of work that they did. Like what kind of labor, just building stuff. Yeah, um, this uh, the book I'm reading from is Jerome Caparupino, and his book is Daily Life in Ancient Rome. So it's just the average person would do this. Um, okay. it, Roman workmen enjoyed uh, freedom during the whole year and greater part of the afternoon. And so, uh, or sorry, the whole or the greater part of the afternoon. So it was just kind of people who might... Um, work as like bricklayers or just you know things that need to get done I'm trying to I don't think they really named I would have to read the whole book to get all of that um so but they would work more during the summer and like less in the winter and he often talks about how an hour is um different during the summer so 45 minutes 
um, during the winter and 75 minutes during the summer would be an hour. So it's different during Whoa, each season. I love that measurement of time. Right. But you want to know what they did in the afternoon? Yeah, what did they do? Very Roman things. So apparently they could go to gladiatorial competition, chariot races, or wrestling. So, like, the things you think about when you think of ancient Rome. Yeah, a lot of, I like, I get this image of, like, cheering crowds and, like, a lot of, like, commotion and, like, people all together, like, whoa, yeah. Yeah, and you could do that if you only needed six hours of work. Then you could go to these, like, very big public events and everyone could be there. They also could go to the theater or the baths, um... And then um, even their in- th- these activities were enjoyed by the poor, too, because the government w- would pay for these events to happen. And so um, you would think that life in ancient Rome would be really bad, but it... it no, it sounds like they were pretty, pretty entertained. Yeah, it doesn't sound like everything was um, all work and, like, life or death all the time, which yeah, is kind of funny. Yeah, no, it's like there's, like, leisure time. Yeah, like, they don't even have medicine back then, and they're still, like, I'm not going to work myself to death, you know? Like, there's no need. And they were able... I feel like maybe they probably did, like, they took um, work a little bit less seriously because it really could kill you, and it's, like, a little bit more, like, frame of mind, you know, like, the frame of mind of, like, knowing that um, workplace illnesses and things like that, I guess, is that the right word I'm looking for? Like, workplace injury. Now there are, like, precautions in place for those kinds of things and like companies will take some responsibility for that but to not have that kind of background plan of like if I do get injured it's going to be okay man that would really change the way that people would approach hard labor right like you wouldn't do more than you could you would like if you got tired you would have to slow down or stop you know kind of thing so that you don't injure yourself Exactly, because they don't have insurance. They don't have real, um, I'm not going to say real medicine, but they didn't have science that could uh, scientifically heal people. And, um, you know, it's just kind of letting people rest was a big part of them, you know, letting them heal. And so uh, you bring up a good point, though. Like, so moving on from ancient Rome, like medieval workers had a lot of rest time. Like you Mm. had a lot of sick days. I think it's like up to 90 rest days if you weren't feeling well. That was totally okay. Um, So medieval England, especially, apparently they worked harder than France um, because France had like 52 Sundays off. They also had 90 rest days and 38 holidays. And then Spain during this time, during the medieval era, had five months of the year of holidays. That's cool. Yeah, so they worked like maybe 30 hours a week, but they also got, like, five months of holidays off. Wow. During the winter. Isn't that awesome? I feel like that, you know, we act like we're more advanced than these people, but then I'm reading this stuff, and I'm I'm just like, wow, like, these people had some, like, bare minimum empathy, because, you you know, if you're sick, go home. And then you also had holidays were a big part of ancient life, like, for everybody. And it's just, like, holidays don't really mean as much anymore I feel like it makes me wonder like there's this increase in depression and loneliness among people nowadays and I'm wondering how much that has to do with like things like celebrating holidays and communities like you know it just makes me wonder because I'm sure it's not just one thing like well nobody will be depressed if we just all celebrate Christmas you know like (laughs) yeah no that's 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 unrealistic but like I just start wondering about like how how does that maybe contribute to current m- mental health and like current 
like approaches to life. Oh yeah, I did read some studies about this. So it seems that like you really don't want to work more than 40 hours a week for your mental health. But you also don't want to work no hours. Like people, it seems that people need at least eight hours a week of work. Um, So like basically one day um, to feel like, you know, happy and have their mental health not decline. Yeah, because working really affects your self-esteem. Being like a productive member of society really helps you just kind of feel good about like, I'm doing something. I have, like, meaning. There, there's. It's easy to find meaning within that. Exactly. Yeah, like, people, um, my advisor said it best because I was, she was teaching a class this semester, and it was um, design and anthropology, and she was talking about how, like, you know, people want to work. It's just that we're so burned out that, like, when you have free time, we just kind of shut down sometimes, like, sleeping, disassociating on, like, some kind of screen, but mm-hmm. people really do like making things. Like during, she she cited like during the pandemic, people learned how to bake bread. They learned all these hobbies and activities, and it's because people inherently want to make things. They want to explore things. So I it's not that. like yeah. people don't want to work. People do. It's just we can't work like machines. Because we're not machines. We're organic. Exactly, and so it seems like most of the time. Um, even machines need rest, though. You're the one that told me that. Oh, yeah. Machines need at least, like, 20% of the time resting or else they break. You, things overheat. And Why do we see that and not, like, connect that to human bodies and stuff like that, too? Like, and we need even more rest than that, you know? Exactly. Um, during the Puritan mindset, you know, how it's, like, eight hours of rest, eight hours of work, and eight hours of free time, a lot of the like semantics for fighting the industrial revolution work week which is was around 80 hours a a week oh gosh that sounds horrible right and so they were advocating for only eight hours a day but then also that's like not off of any kind of science it just sounded nice like eight hours for this eight hours for this eight hours for this but then like what like that's not based on any science and we're still following it it's kind of crazy do you want to hear about how we came up with the eight-hour-a-day, 40-hour workweek thing? Yeah. So I'll do a, a really fast one. So in 1817, during the Industrial Revolution, activists and union groups uh, were trying to advocate for better working conditions because they were working um, 80 to 100 hours a week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Isn't that horrible? That's, that's, uh Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, a little bit later, 1866, the National Labor Union asked Congress to pass a law mandating an eight-hour work, uh, work day. This wasn't passed, but increased support. So this took a lot of time, actually, to get. So in 1869, President Grant issued a proclamation to guarantee eight-hour workdays for government employees. But private sector, it didn't um, happen until 1940. Yeah, okay. Oh, geez. Yeah, there were some mini steps in between there, though. 1926, Henry Ford popularized the 40-hour work week, but he didn't invent it. People, A lot of people credit him for inventing it so people could be consumers. Yeah. He, but he did a study. I could not find the study, though, for the life of me. But it, it's like people are more productive when they work less hours. You yeah, know? that what just makes sense. Like what we talked about, like the, the map that you drew. It, it makes sense to me because, like... Yeah, I'm productive in the morning. I take a lull after lunch. I get a little bit slow, sluggish there just because I'm, like, 
Yeah, and it depends on like how repetitive the task is and things like that too. Exactly. If you're working for Henry Ford building cars, like he found that working more yielded only a small increase in productivity that lasted a short period of time. So if you were paying someone to do something, it makes way more sense to only pay them like for their prime hours. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like food. Like if you're buying food, you want it when it's the freshest. Mm-hmm. And then when you try to get rid of food, you discount the price. And so if it's like the opposite, if you want people to do more work for longer, you have to pay them a lot more. It doesn't make economical sense, right? Yeah. In order to get that, like, good quality hmm. work, right? Yeah. Oh, geez. It makes me think about, like, so I know that in the oil fields, they have, like, these really just kind of crazy work schedules where they're, well, where people will work overtime, like, 60 to 80 hours a week. I think that's on average what I've heard from people they will work 60 to 80 hours for two weeks, maybe even more. I think sometimes they work 12-hour shifts, like back to back to back to back to back, two weeks straight, and then they have a week off. And so they work in this, like, longer-form schedule of, like, work and rest, but it's just so, like, demanding. And I think nurses also work 12-hour shifts. Yeah, my friend does that. She likes it. She works three days a week, so she only works 36 hours a week. She makes pretty good money. And um, I was talking to a classmate about this, and she was saying, like, well, not every industry can do the 40-hour work week. She cited, like, people in construction cannot work shorter hours. It just, these projects won't get done. And then with the nurse thing, it's better for patients if the people taking care of them were with them almost all day. It just helps the patients recover quicker. I actually didn't know that. I thought that maybe, like, if, yeah, okay. So in some instances, it makes sense, but then if you're going to do 12-hour shifts, like, in the medieval times, um, that sounds like I'm talking about, like, a movie or something. Back in the medieval times, as we all remember. um, Yeah, of course, I remember. (laughs) It was, yeah, it feels like yesterday. Um, These people, uh, like, if you were um, a peasant family that were farming on their land, mm-hmm. you would sometimes work 12-hour work days because you're trying to harvest. But Some days need it. Exactly. Some days need it. But they would only work 150 days a year. No more than that. Whoa. Yeah. So sometimes you would do longer work days. Like, that's why I couldn't average how many works uh, hours they worked a day. I could only average how long they worked a week because sometimes you would work longer. But um, if you're, like, in in ancient Rome and your life is pretty situated in, like, an urban setting, you don't need to work 12 hours a day. Yeah. So I would say it depends, but, like, the 40-hour work week seems really arbitrary to me, at least from reading all of this. Yeah, it really kind of is. Um, I started a new job, and I work in... I work in the arts, or I work as an artist in commercial settings, which is really interesting, Um, but I don't do advertising, so good luck figuring out what I do. (laughs) But, I mean, one one of the jobs that I do involves photography, which I can only do during the daytime, and I photograph a really large objects that require a forklift to move them, and so I have to work with a forklift operator, and so my job is reliant on another person and that person's schedule, and that person has shared responsibilities, like, to me, um, and also to, like, move those objects for, like, other people. So the idea of, like, a long work day doesn't really work out. (laughs) You could just be a night photographer. Come on. Yeah. It's not like I need the sun or anything. (laughs) At night. 
the night sun. <laughs> that sweet night sun. I love that sweet, sweet night sun. Okay, speaking of night suns, though, one thing I realized, and that, like that came up too when I was trying to do some research on this, is that the using the use of light bulbs is what sparked these eighty-hour work weeks. Is because people could work longer because we have the night sun. It's called the light bulb. Oh my goodness! Look at that. <laughs> and it's actually kind of how we're recording this podcast right now anyway like besides being reliant on electricity to run the microphones and everything it is at the time of recording night yeah yeah we have busy schedules yeah it's the only time we can get together yeah it's just the role of technology definitely plays like a part of working hours it seems like because I would read some blogs and they're talking about like the history of the 40-hour work week and um they're like, oh, but technology at the, you know, at the end, they're like, technology will save us. But I was like, but you didn't give any real data or like about how technology helps. It seems like only well, it's just because technology is going to save us, you know, it, it only think, seems to have more expectations. You just have to have faith. I have to have faith in technology. You have to believe in the AI. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to help us, Anna. But if anything, it seems to have increased expectations because, ah, oh, man, I was... There was a couple, like, memes or comments that made me want to do an episode about this. And one of them was, like, AI and robots are doing art and writing poetry, but we have to work harder. This is not the future I wanted. I've seen that everywhere. (laughs) Or, like, another one is, like, why do we even have 40-hour work weeks? Like, when people worked 40-hour work weeks, they had someone to help cook them food, to clean for them, and raise their kids. Yeah, it's really, really challenging to, like not have somebody at home taking care of all of the home responsibilities, you know, like having to go out and work and then come home and, you know, take care of all of that. It's almost unmanageable sometimes. Yeah. And like when the 40 hour work week was for a specific laborer that doesn't exist anymore, you know, like we all have to manage our lives and we have to take care of ourselves. We don't have someone else to do that for us. We don't have, not everyone has a 1950s wife. anymore you know I do and it's myself (laughs) (laughs) oh geez yeah and like right now I am actually like this week even I'm working I think 52 hour a week and it's just kind of a lot you know to try and get a load of laundry in and meal prep and all that stuff I just can't do it you know I had to like rely on other things like ready-made food and, and things like that um, especially, and it gets hard because then you're like thinking about health and stuff and like anything, I, I like eating cooked food often, but if I were to get anything cooked, I mean, this is becoming a little bit of a rant, but it's just difficult. I don't like to eat fast food, so I choose not to. So I find other ways of like getting food, but it's just kind of difficult. It was so difficult to find time working out when I was in the office. I want to work out I want to do all this I want to hang out with my friends and you can't do that after 5 p.m. sometimes like it's hard to squish all that in it's a lot to do so what do you do now because you're you're a fitness gal (laughs) out there running these streets riding your bike well kicking some kicking some boards and people (laughs) I do martial arts I don't kick people I know just just a side note um well, I, I was working from home, like, uh, during the pandemic, I got switched to working from home, I never went back to the office, and I'm still working from home, and it's great. I wish that we would just have everyone working from home, because, for one, it's good for the environment, 
You're I not... think of driving anywhere. Yeah, like... You ride your bike more than anyone I've ever met, which is really cool. Have you never met anyone? <laughs> um, I've never met anyone, actually, besides <laughs> you, so I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Sorry, no. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, like, driving itself, if commuting is, like, 30% of our greenhouse emissions in America... Oh, no. Yeah. I'm... It's me. Hi. <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. Well, it's not just you. Like it's the it's the bosses, it's the CEOs, it's the owners that are making these decisions. Like that would be an easy win if everyone who could work from home did. Yeah, I work for somebody right now that really is against working from home, and it's this like older age mentality that is just like if you don't, they they think that people won't take accountability, that they will not work if they're not in the office having somebody watch over them. Yeah, that's a bunch of crap. I it is a bunch of crap because I do less work when I'm in the office than I did when I, he did let me work from home two times. And I did, I was more productive from home because I felt this obligation of to like be responsible to the trust that I was being given. And when I was in the office and there was nothing to do, I just kind of sat there. Oh, when I was in the office, I would talk to a lot of people. And my sister tells me this, too, when she's in the office. She's like, I have all these work friends. I need to catch up with their lives. And you, you tend to socialize more and not focus on work. And like, and it's not saying, like, workplace culture. That's a completely different thing. Like, my job, we have office parties on Zoom. We'll do a bunch of stuff online. And I feel very connected to them. So it's not about culture. It's about socializing. And, like, um, you lose money when people socialize, you know? It's, yeah. It just doesn't make any sense if people are more productive at working from home, they're more productive working less hours a day, you should just pay us more because we'll get, you know, being more productive equals more profit and then like, which means that you can pay us more without eating into your profit percentage and it just makes sense. Well, like, it has to do with like a people first mentality when it comes to working, right? Because if you take care of your, and especially like in a, in a sales kind of situation, if you take care of the people who are working for you, they will take care of your customers. Exactly. And then those customers will want to come back to you, right? Like, yeah. typically. That's what we want, too. Like, in most industries, you want to have a relationship because relationships are long-term. You don't want a one-time deal. You don't want someone to buy your soap once. You want them to keep coming back. And you want their kids to keep coming back. And that's how you get, like, because business at the end of the day, we're just people interacting with other people. Right. And so when you take the people out of the equation, it, like, you actually disrupt some of that good welfare that you were creating, which is, you know, money for everybody. Yeah. This actually brings us into the part of the part of this conversation that I want to go into right now um, has a lot to do with what we originally started the podcast for. Mm -hmm. And it's about like policies and like business practices that focus on money over people like capitalism and like neoliberal policies and all this stuff about like the economy and just instead of empathizing with people and like realizing that like we're all doing this at the end of the day because we're people and we're working with people. Yeah, and in this case, it make money and people are the same thing. Like caring for people actually gets you more money and you're like, oh, what a concept. That's amazing. It's so exciting. It's so innovative. You're such an innovator with this ideology. <laughs> I'm joking because Anna hates the word innovation. I was like, like you're using the word. <laughs> <laughs> 
not even just me. I like found tons of people who think like this and everyone who makes memes about it, like you know too. Like I'm not the first person, you're not the first person to say this. It's just like this stuff needs to be said. It's really popular ideas among everyone. So like it, it does make me optimistic that we will see change in our lifetime. I mean, we're going to see change in our lifetime no matter what because that's the nature of existence, right? Exactly. Especially with like all these trendy things like quiet quitting happening. What is quiet quitting? It's uh, okay. I'm not for sure if this is real, but like if people were saying there's a bunch of articles coming out that people were just instead of quitting and getting a different job, people just kind of phone it in and like don't work as hard at your current job because they're burned out. Yeah. Or if they don't feel like they're getting paid enough, they won't put as much work into it. I'm like, and it's called quiet quitting. And I'm like, this is hilarious because like, if you get your work done, why do you, why would your boss care if you're phoning in and if it's good work? Like it's kind of, some of it doesn't make sense logically. Cause if you were like, I have a feeling that my employee is not going above and beyond. I'm like, well, yeah, because you're not paying them to go above and beyond, you know? Yeah, people really expect, like, miracles. And, like, I think it has to do with, like, mental health awareness that has come about, like, especially I see it on social media all the time and, like, things about boundaries and stuff like that. And so it's, like, having good boundaries with yourself and, like, with your relationship to work, with your relationship to other people, things like that help you to do things like that. Like, we don't need to perform miracles every day to be employed, right? Yeah, like... I think that people are good enough the way they are. Like, I don't think people are inherently lazy. And like, it, quiet coding could it easily have been called um, setting healthy boundaries, you know? Yeah. Because that's what people typically are doing. Like, they're not actually phoning it in. They're like, this job is sucking away at my soul. And you're like, I just need to touch grass or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Very yeah. cool. Well, I love having this time with you. I hope that you enjoyed listening to it. Um, thank you for listening to our podcast. Yes, thank you. And we hope to see you on the next episode. Bye.